don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. As Damon takes it to the wreck. How the world did they do that? Believe it, it ain't easy. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. On the podcast, of course, we are a part of the Odyssey family. You can get us on the Odyssey app as well as Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing and rating and reviewing on all of those platforms. Uh, Today, I've got a return guest. Hasn't been on for a while, but Brandon Sprague of 1080 the fan and Jack Ramsey's you guys probably know him he's been on the show before he's obviously a big presence here locally on the radio scene but what we did was we went through uh it's actually it's actually kind of funny you you know we're as always we're you know kind of in the slow part of the off season there's not really anything new to talk about but there are new ways to talk about the same stuff that we've been talking about the whole time and so earlier this week uh the athletic and uh jason quick released a survey that they did of you know just like a blazer fan survey with a bunch of different questions about kind of the state of the team it goes into like the dame stuff the coaching stuff the gm stuff you know basically all the stuff ownership all the kind of you know hot button topics with the team, and I thought the results of the uh, of, of the of the survey were interesting as far as like how fans voted and just kind of the way all of it shook out. So what Brandon and I did was we took the athletic survey and just kind of broke down the results and then also just kind of gave some thoughts on where we each would land on some of the the questions. So it's kind of again it's 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 all the same stuff we've been talking about all summer but it's kind of a new way of thinking about it and talking about it so i had fun doing it i think you guys are gonna have fun listening to it i'm interested in what some of your thoughts are on it if you haven't already kind of weighed in on it so uh let's get to that right now three two one how's your summer going brandon i haven't talked to you in a while uh my summer's been good man i've been busy i um I like to golf a lot and uh-huh. this year has not, that's not happened. I think I've golfed three times the whole summer. My kids are at home. And so I just, I've kind of devoted most of the summer to just doing like, you know, daycare, parent, kid kind of activities for the summer. So it's been great for that reason. Kind of a lot of home projects done, but uh, you know, it's raining right now as we record this and the weather's kind of turning a yeah. little bit. Football season, basketball season are coming. So it's kind of winding down now. Yeah, it's I, I have to think you say you you know you play golf a lot. The last month it's probably just been too hot to play golf and now it's like you don't want to go out and play golf cuz it's like starting to rain now. So I actually love golf in the heat. I'm a big okay. like cuz most of the olds don't like to golf in the heat, so the courses <laughs> are wide open. Uh so it's just it's a lot easier for okay. me. Okay. See, I'm not a golf guy at all, so I don't really know how all, all that's all that stuff works so i wanted to bring you on today because first of all i just haven't had you on in a while and i wanted to have you on but also got to give a big shout out to our guy jason quick at the athletic for giving us if not like new stuff to talk about at least a new way of talking about the same stuff that we've been talking about all summer because the athletic just dropped their annual 
Blazers fan survey, which, you know, it doesn't really cover a lot of new ground. It's all, you know, it's the Dame stuff. It's the ownership stuff. It's the roster stuff. It's all the same stuff we've talked about. But I thought the results of this thing, which was 12 questions, and I, I I don't I don't think it says in here how many people respond. Uh, it says sixteen hundred people responded to it. So that's a pretty decent sample size of people that read the Athletic and are you know follow the Blazers on the Athletic. But mm-hmm. I thought some of the results were kind of interesting. And you and I were texting about it yesterday, and we we both kind of thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's um, I thought you know here's the thing. It's weird because like. I was interested in the survey. I was interested to see what the results would be. But then like I went through question by question and there were a couple of them, Sean, that I think we'll get to where I was kind of like, I don't know. It, it, I don't want to say they were extremes by any stretch, but like it kind of felt like, well, you either got to do this or you got to do this. And some of them I was kind of like, is there a middle ground here? Like, You mean just the way the questions were phrased? Yeah, just a little bit of that. Um, I think it's a decent sample size. I'm not really surprised and it. I kind of lined up. I just took it just to be honest about how I felt about the situation. And, you know, I think a lot of the results were like, I'd read a question. I go, I know what the, what the winner of this one's going to be. Like they were fairly obvious. <laughs> the ownership me. one in particular was the one where you're just like, yeah, I know exactly how that one's going to go. Yeah. The minute but... you put like, who do you blame the most or who do you dislike the most? Like that's an easy slam. Yeah. Dunk win, so, yeah. So we're just going to go through these in order and, I'm not going to read what Jason wrote because I don't want to just like steal his content in sure. that way, but we're going to go through the, you know, the, the questions and I'm going to just kind of break down like what the results were on the voting. And then we can just kind of give our own thoughts on just kind of the question and the, you know, where, where kind of we land on this stuff. And I, like I said, this is not stuff that we haven't talked about all summer, but it's kind of a new way of framing this stuff and kind of breaking it down. So I thought this would be kind of fun to do. Yeah, I'm all in. Let's let's fire it up, man. So question number one. How should Joe Cronin handle Damian Lillard's trade request? And the way that the three choices were in the survey were trade him to Miami. Lillard has earned the right to dictate his next team, and that got thirteen and a half percent of votes. Get the best offer, prioritize the team ahead of Lillard, and that got eighty point four percent of votes. And then Keep him and see if he reports to camp. He signed a contract, make him honor it, and that got whatever the remaining, like, it doesn't say a number here because it's, like, too small of a sliver, but it's, like, whatever the remaining, like, 7% or whatever is. So pretty overwhelming majority of people who voted for this said, get the best offer no matter what it is. Yeah, I mean, Sean, I this is kind of one of them, right? Right out from the gate. I'm like, isn't the, the last possible answer of he's um, you know honor the contract bring him into camp mm-hmm. like unless that's an indication of you're you're trying to really keep him i don't know how you don't just vote for the middle one because the middle one is basically part of that last possible answer right it's right get, get the best deal possible again like, yeah, he's under contract for four more years of course you don't panic as if he's like a free agent this coming season you sit back and you remain patient. I would love to actually ask the 13%. Like, so you just, you take the worst Miami deal. Are we talking about the best Miami deal? And then also like how many times in life 
do you really believe the athlete who, by the way, chose to sign an extension a summer ago? Now, was he misled? Maybe. Maybe he was. But... We're going to get to that in one of the later questions on this thing. Right. But I just like, why would you vote for just send him to Miami? He's earned it. I'd, I'd actually like a real explanation in that uh, of that one of why people voted that way. Well, there are some Twitter novels and super long tweets, I think, that kind of go into that perspective that have been out there recently, I guess, is sort of what I've, you know, if you want that perspective, I guess that's something that's been out there. But uh, yeah, I would say I kind of would land. And it's always kind of weird to talk about, you know, give an opinion about this as a beat writer, just because like, you know, I have no A, like, I'm not a fan. So I don't like, you know, I'm not the, like the target audience for this survey. But I also, right. I don't have any influence over this. So it's like, it's not like I can say, oh, I think they should do this. And that's going to change the way they actually handle this. I kind of land in this, you know, in the the 80% also in, yeah, it's the GM's job to get the best offer that they, they can get. And, you know, or, you, you know, you, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, he wants to go to Miami, they need to just do right by him, no matter what they get back. That's, to me, that's just as irresponsible as trading the third pick for somebody who isn't a needle mover would have been, which again, we'll get to that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure is. I, I just, you know, you got to be responsible here. I think Cronin, what is it? It's August 31st as we record. I mean, Sean, yeah. it's going to be September. Camp's going to open in a few weeks. Like it, they didn't get the needle moving deal and he didn't succumb to that pressure. He's, you know, probably more than willing to bring him in and, it's going to be really weird when we do a media day and he's involved and they're like kind of spotlighting, Hey, Dame's still here. And then like also Scoot and Ant and there's going to be a weird energy with that. But um, yeah, I think that kind of speaks to the results of the survey, right? It's they're not willing to just break and give into the trade. It's wait until we get something or things that we, that we like and we covet. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like, if you're, if you're the GM, you have one chance to make this trade or you have one, you know, if you get this trade wrong, if you take, you know, a worse offer or you don't get the most you can get, you know, that's going to say that might be your career as an executive, but then that's also going to set the franchise back a long time. If you it, like, so you can't just, you know, it's, it's, it's a like, I, I, I understand why the deal is not done on August 31st, because you got, you got, you like, if you're Joe Cronin, you, you can't, you don't, you don't want to rush into it. Yeah, no, that's, that's not something you want to do. Cause I mean, look the guy, and we'll, I know we'll get to some of these questions, but like the guy is already under a, a, a huge amount of pressure and criticism and ridicule. And mm -hmm. I think the last thing he wants to do for the summer is uh, go out with, Oh, I gave Dame up for uh, peanuts. I got almost nothing back of note. And so, you know, sit, sit tight. Daryl Morey's done this before. The other general managers have done this before. Uh, just sit back and, and wait for somebody else to get more desperate. I think that's kind of what they're planning on happening if they end up taking it into the season. So let's move on here. Question number two. This is the one that I think got the most attention. And this is also one of the ones where I'm sure, you know, when you looked at it, you're like, hey, the phrasing on this is kind of interesting. The question is, has Damian Lillard's trade request changed your opinion of him? And the, uh, the you know, the, the breakdown of the results were 62.6% said no change in your opinion of Dane because of the trade request. 31.5% said like him less. 
and then there was a small sliver without you know it's these these other two are small enough that you know it's like less than 10 percent for each of these like him more because of the trade request and no longer a fan of his because of the trade request now this is the one i've already seen like as soon as the survey came out like I saw, like, the NBA Central and all those, like, aggregator accounts being like, 31% of Blazer fans like Dame less because he requested a trade. Like, that's that's an easy one to just look at and just kind of and say, yeah, well, wow, wow, the whole city is turning on him because of, like, like that That was, like, as soon as I saw the results of that one, I was just like, okay, I know that this is the one that's going to, you know, get the attention and get blown up. <laughs> well, what is, what is fan short for, Sean? Fanatic. Yeah. And you get people who are passionate and they want their team to end up on the best side of this situation. They don't want the situation in general. Like in the moment of the survey, did you side with the team and kind of tell yourself, yeah, I don't like Dame as much. He, he went public. Like, well, anytime anybody's going to go with a trade, they're going to go public. You uh-huh. should thank your lucky stars. He doesn't have a James Harden fat suit or He's not going to sit here and bash him. He could have said something in a recent interview, but he was warned by the league, so he stayed away. I mean, I, I've, I've been fo- following this for the summer has been interesting because, like, it's been so hot and, and you know, contentious, and then it cools down and you don't talk about it for a month, and then it's back in the headlines because he does an interview because he's got a camp coming up. And what's fascinating to me is, like, I don't, I answered this as I don't it, it unchanged, right? Like an athlete asking for a trade and having a destination in mind. That's not unique to this situation. I've almost just laughed at it though. It's not a change in how I feel about a, a player or who he is as a representative of the organization. I think it's just funny. Cause I think it's kind of a symbolism of somebody tripping on themselves. He's never done this. I don't think he wants to do this. And so the fact that it's been so sloppy and, handled the way it's been handled and they've been warned by the league and he talks about it, but he don't talk about it. And then he posts about it on social media, but he won't kind of acknowledge it. I just, I'm not really surprised. I mean, this is what happens when you make somebody do something they don't necessarily want to do. And so the fact that it's been the way that it's been, it's, it could be way messier and it's not, but even the mess is like, I just laugh at it because I don't think he wants to do this. He's unfamiliar with what to do and how to do it. And here we are still waiting for him to be moved. So I, I voted with the unchanged. I, you know, Dame's still awesome. He was great for the team. And who can honestly fault a dude at this point, given everything that they said they were going to do versus what they're currently doing? Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I have, you know, a lot of people in my life who are big Blazer fans. I have not actually, you know, you know, there will be people, you know, Twitter, you know, bots where you, you don't even know if it's like a real person because they're, profile pick is like not a real you know it's like not their face like those accounts you're gonna see saying you know kind of wild stuff about this whole thing but nobody in my life that i have actually talked to has really an issue with him requesting a trade or doesn't understand why he requested a trade like it's pretty easy to understand he wanted to play his whole career here but he wanted them to be you know competing for a championship and making moves that are like win now and more on his timeline and since they've started going in an opposite direction he wants to go somewhere else where it's a little bit more aligned with his goals i think everybody involved kind of understands that let me ask you this you're a daily sports talk radio host you get a lot of calls you get a lot of text messages on the text line you know i'm sure you have because you know you're on the radio which has a little different level of visibility than maybe what I do, which is more of like a, on the writing side. Uh, 
you probably have a lot more people like talking to you about this just kind of day to day when they see you or they you know recognize you from the radio or whatever do you run into a lot of people who say that they like like dame less because he requested a trade uh no in fact i i <laughs> what's funny that you ask that is i just went recently to a a, a lake trip and it's funny because like i've bumped into nothing but people who sean are still telling themselves this can work if he stays like <laughs> I, I, it's been the opposite it's been no 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 no, no. what if we do Scoot, Ant, Dame, figure out the three, figure out, or the four or five, excuse me, not the three, but the four or five, and Jeremy at the four, and who, maybe right. Keith Nurk, or I've, I've, I've encountered the complete opposite. I, I just, you know, I, I think this, what's interesting to me is, is from the Dame is wrong side, I guess, of people. Well, again, I don't subscribe to it. What I would really genuinely want to ask, and I, I, I have a feeling like, you know, his agent and his close friends and family would defend it in a certain way and say, you know, it wasn't what it was made to be. I would also kind of follow up and be like, when you're a half a billion dollar entity, which he is, like part of industry and media and business is you kind of have to guess right. Like Jeff Bezos, I don't think opened up a bookstore in his garage under the assumption that he was going to be the biggest company to exist and give everybody all their groceries and clothes and everything. Right. But timing and you know, et cetera, leads to it. He really genuinely signed an extension, a four-year extension at that. And whether they said, we're going to build around you and we're going to make a trade, it's still on him to evaluate the scenarios and the situations and say, what's logical. I'm going to get a multi all-star partner and they're going to do what they say, or they'll get me a Jeremy Grant and we'll fill the pieces and maybe we will win. I, I think, you know, it's why I don't feel bad for him. It's like one, he's highly compensated, but two, you got, you got to be honest with yourself and no matter what they said to him, and I don't think it's right if they misled him, Sean, I, I just, you got to look at the situation. Everybody knew a year ago that this team wasn't going to be amazing. And there didn't seem to be um, at that point, I think a move that was going to put them in a title contending window. So like, I love the loyalty, but also don't sign a four-year contract and you're not in the situation. Like you got to evaluate the landscape and, Unfortunately for both the team and him, he decided to do this a little too late. And I think when you're talking about having to guess right, I think his, 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 uh, I don't want to say him necessarily because like none of this has ever come from him on the record. Like he, right. the only interview he's done since this whole thing started was the Mark Spears one where he didn't comment on the situation. But the way that his agent, Aaron Goodwin, has played this, I think his people also didn't guess right about how this was going to land publicly. I think they all thought that, and I've written this before, I think they all thought that because Stephen A. Smith has been on first take for five years talking about, like, begging him to request a trade, that once he did, everybody would just be on his side no matter what. But what they've kind of run into a lot is people who aren't, you know, who don't have a vested interest in him going to Miami being like, Dude, you can't just pick one team that has nothing good to trade and like 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 they like I think I think I think they they also kind of misjudged how that was going to land publicly. Which Sean, how long you been covering basketball now? How many years are we 10 talking? years. That's pretty wild assumption, right? Like no matter how how beloved you are and 
look, this dude can walk around downtown Portland or Laco or wherever. Not a soul is saying a negative thing. They want a picture. They want an autograph. They tell right. him thanks for everything. They're rooting for him. That's the that's the real landscape. The internet is not the real landscape. I think of the fandom in this city. I would agree. That being with that. said, how could you have that evaluation? It is always going to be team first, no matter what. I mean, it, this goes tail as old as time in baseball, football, basketball. It doesn't matter the sport, man. They're always going to want root for the laundry, not the name. Now they'll like some of the names. They'll root for some of the names to have success and be happy, but like. Of course, they were always going to side with the team. No matter what the team did or did not do, people were always largely going to side with the team because Dame will retire one day or Dame moves on to a trade and they have, they can't just keep rooting for Dame. Like eventually, Dame's not playing, right? So, like, this is their livelihoods as fans. I, that's just I'm talking about outside of Portland, though. Like, I think Dame or Dame's agent or whoever thought that. Like, the entire media world and, like, the entire, like, sports, you know, online social media world was automatically going to side with him. And that's and, just, yeah, that's wild to me. Yeah. I just, so that that's that's interesting what you bring up about guessing, right? So let's, like, question number three. This is getting a little bit away from the Dame stuff, even though it still touches on him. The third question is, who is the greatest Blazer of all time? And there are three choices. <laughs> and Dame still gets... Over 50% of the vote, 51.9% said Damian Lillard. 26.4% said Clyde Drexler. 21.6% said Bill Walton. Yeah. I I don't know about you. I found that an interesting part of this whole saga too, right? The random week, two weeks where it appeared that some of the national guys were openly asking, oh, he's really the the, the greatest Blazer of all time? I don't think so. And like, right. I know one of the, Bill one of the ones was, was big on that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think we were mixing two different things in that conversation, by the way. Like, best player is not greatest player for franchise history, right? Like, right. Pink LeBron is the greatest player Miami will probably ever have, but D. Wade's the greatest player in their franchise's history. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, I would agree. It, it's symbolism of emotion mixed with skill and, and an elevating team, and obviously Clyde is the best player uh, you can make an argument for Bill Walton, but his career was so short because of that foot injury that, like, it's 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 easy to project. It's not a concrete thing to talk about. So, like, sure, is the power ranking different in terms of overall player? Yes. But what he meant to a community, what he still means to the community, choosing to live here, uh, he's not going to go to the Hall of Fame as a Houston Rocket, even though he played most of his career in Portland the way one did. I I, I still think this is the same Franchise answer. all-time leading scorer, that's not yeah. nothing. Yeah, right. He owns record after record after record. And we saw the incompetence run, right? We saw the incompetence by multiple general managers. He never had a title contending team. All the credit to those 90s Blazers. But um, yeah, I still think it's day. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a question of like, what are you, you know, judging it on? Highest peak, I think, is Walton. Just yes, but you know, just for those like two or three years when he was healthy before everything fell apart. I think the Drexler thing is 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 interesting, you know, when you talk about like he had a what, 12-year run here and then, you know, got them to two finals which Dame has never done. But then, you know, when you talk about all the other stuff again besides like the franchise records, but then also the, you know, being the guy that's not, you know, didn't leave on bad terms, which by the way, I still don't think they're going to end up leaving on bad terms. I know this stuff is kind of weird right now, but if they do end up trading him, I don't think it's going to be like 
I don't think they're. I don't think that the Blazers' relationship with Dame after he retires is going to be as bad as it was with Walton or with Drexler. No matter how this shakes out, that's just that's just my own thought on the situation. So it's like, do you want to factor that stuff into it? I mean, it's it's all like these guys all also like played in different eras, so it's kind of hard to compare them. It's just like when people do the like the who's the greatest ever, LeBron or Jordan thing, or Kareem, or it's like or who Magic Bird or whoever. It's like. Well, they all played in different eras, so like you can't really like compare them across eras and say this is the definitive best ever. Right? Yeah, I, you always have best era. I mean, if you want to do that, you can, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think I, I tend to think that you're right, and and I, the relationship part is important. I there doesn't seem to be. We always think these public spats or disagreements or trade situations. I think it's natural because if we experience something similar, I think it'd be different. But it's natural to kind of place anger and hatred and put all these emotions in and go yeah he hates them and they hate him and then like we did this with Harden and Philly and then we saw him at a white party and he's partying with the 76ers owner it's like this <laughs> stuff is never as contentious as the Twitter headlines make it seem right I, I I just over the over the last couple of months on my site I did a couple of different stories one was how the media covered Bill Walton's trade request how the media I loved covered that by the way I thought that was a smart idea by you I did those. I went back and read like old Oregonians and old, you know, articles from different newspapers and magazines from when those were going on. The stuff that those players said on the record about the teams and the stuff that the teams said on the record about the players were way worse than anything, not just with the Dame thing, but worse than any, like the Daryl Morey calling James Harden a liar. That's, or or James Harden calling Daryl Morey a liar, rather. That's like nothing compared to some of the stuff that like, Bill Walton said about the Blazers organization during <laughs> that whole thing. Like this stuff is like, I, I, everything seems like this is like as hot, as hot as it's ever been because of social media. And just because there was like less of that stuff out there in the seventies mm-hmm. or the nineties. But this stuff has happened for decades, like all across the league. Uh, let's move on. This is going to get interesting now. So we're get, moving a little bit away from the Dame stuff. Although again, it's obviously related to the Dame stuff. Question number four on the survey is, how would you rate the performance of Joe Cronin? 18, 18.4% said good. Hmm. 56.7% said fair. 18.7% said poor. And then a small sliver that doesn't have a number said should be fired. So hmm. still, you know, for as much heat as he's taken publicly over the last couple of months between not doing what he said during the season that he was going to do and go all in... And then, you know, a lot of, you know, people in Miami are, like, making it seem like he's being irresponsible by not negotiating with, you know, a team that doesn't really have much to trade for him. Like, people here, I mean, people in this survey still kind of aren't out on him, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's kind of a combo there, you know, right? Like, he, he doesn't appear that he's on the outs at all. The ownership thing is whether it's Burt Cold or Jody, like it just, I don't think they're really doing much uh, until they end up selling the team ultimately. So it's like, it's the continuity is going to stay. I, you know, I voted on this one and I was trying to be as honest as I possibly could. I voted poor. And, okay. and like, I, I don't think fired should be an option for anybody. I don't even know what the percentage of that one was for people. It was less than 10, which is why it doesn't even have a number next to it. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I voted poor and I, I understand the fair perspective like he he had to untangle the mess they, they there's that's not simping for a team that's not simping for a person that's the reality of their situation right. they gave out 
multiple contracts, one of which was egregious to a guy that's never made an all-star game. He had to move him. And, you know, I, the, the crowd that's like, yeah, and moved him for nothing. It's like, don't you think if teams really wanted that guy in that contract, that trade would have presented itself a little better than here's this guy paired with that guy. Please take the contract off our hands. Uh, and it wasn't. And by the way, the team that guy played for needed him to lead him last year. And whether injury or not, they came short. So I, I just, I understand kind of the unraveling of things. I think mm-hmm. where I voted poor was, man, did you swing and you swing hard and miss on your mid-level last year. I mean, just one of the worst, one of literally the worst all-time signings by the franchise. I would agree with ever. that. Um, not capitalizing in the trade market in other you know, capacity. And then the whole, like, we're going to go all in. And, you know, Dame obviously believed that too. And however you feel about Ant, like the idea that you had this young 23-year-old asset that might be really coveted and get you even more. And none of it happening using the third pick, using the rest of your first round pick. I, I have no choice but to vote poor. He came in with a barely playoff team, some things out of his control but they've had back-to-back years of tanking and just hitting the youth button while telling us they're going to go veteran and contentious or contending, excuse me, status. Uh, So I voted poor here just because I think that's the fairest response. I think fair is probably where I would land just because I obviously they're in the position that they're in right now. So it's pretty hard to call it good. Right. But I also, Again, the stuff that you you know you want to talk about as far as like a lot of what he's had to do is untangling you know what the previous guy had kind of gotten them into, and he has to a large extent been able to do that. So I would land somewhere in the middle. I think fair is probably where I would land on that one. Uh, question I, I think number five, real quick. I think the other part of that too for me was uh, I understand why you you know you got to spend money, you got to get certain caliber of player. I, I get it. Right. I I kind of always have felt like paid a little high for Jeremy and the one that really bothered me a year ago and it still kind of bothers me now is like this idea that you had to give four years guaranteed to Yusuf Nurkic was outrageous if this was any other franchise and general manager doing that to that kind of caliber of player I think people would be lighting him up and you know what until I see the big guy moved I will continue the opinion we know that was a bad deal because they've tried to trade him and nobody wants to take that contract yet so that was another part of it. Not only the Gary Payton stuff, I thought the use of Nurkic contract was atrocious. And look, I don't think he's going to spend most of the career from the contract here, but you paid a couple dollars more than you needed to for Jeremy Grant. Well, we're going to get to the Jeremy thing. I don't disagree with any of the rest of that. Question number five. Do you think Joe Cronin should have traded Scoot Henderson in order to build a more win-now product? Uh, this is also kind of a surprising answer. Uh 18.4% said, yes, Lillard should have been top priority. 81.6% said, no, Henderson is too good of a talent to pass up. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was real interesting, considering the, you know, what you read online and from, like, different, you know, fans about, like, oh, man, they blew it by not using the pick. And it's like, now if you look at this survey, an overwhelming majority of people think that that was actually the right thing to do is using the pick. Well, I think there's a couple of things at play there. One, you you can't <laughs> Pandora's box was opened, man. Like you drafted the player, 
Yeah. It was the same position as the veteran. And then you got to watch the player in summer league. You got to watch highlights from practices and like, what are fans supposed to think? You can't watch what that kid does and go, yeah, I'm not interested. Like I get it. The appeal of the new shiny toy is always there for fans, right? Oh. Like this happens all the time. He's he, I, I'm all in, by the way. I think he can win rookie of the year. Oh, I think I'm Scoot's going to be awesome. Is he ever going to be as good yeah. as Dame? Probably not because Dame's a top 75 player of all time. But like, yeah. I don't think anyone thinks Scoot isn't going to be awesome. Right. Uh, well, there's varying degrees of it, too. There's people who are like, oh, I don't think he's going to be as good as he's hyped. And I, I think he's going to be the real deal. But to your overall point, like as good as Dame, that's that's a tough bar to, to hit. I voted for the first one, though. I'm the 18 percent here. Um, again, love Scoot. Excited for him, Shaden, what this season's going to be, the next couple years, all that. I know what Damian Lillard is. I know how good Damian Lillard is. I know how deadly Damian Lillard can be. And I'm just one of those guys that, like, as hard as it is in the moment, I would have preferred to trade the third pick and get actual good working parts or actually try trades because I see this all the time. Like, no, 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 they tried. Well, you can try a deal that you know somebody's going to say no to. I don't know if that classifies as try. I thought they would use that pick the whole time and ended up being maybe the worst thing was that they got to three because you get to three and it's like organizationally you go, uh, we don't get these opportunities and there's these kind of players. Like you kind of have to do it. Whereas a lot of people were convinced they were going to trade it. So I know it's hard to say now and I could people could point this out in a year and go, you're an idiot. But I voted for trade it. I, I just I know what the known is versus we're falling in love with the unknown so far. Well, this kind of leads into question number six, which I think ties right back to that. And the question is, do you feel misled by Joe Cronin's public statements about aggressively building a winner around Damian Lillard? Uh, and, and, and it was 20.3% uh, said yes, 27% said no, and... 52.7% said, and this is probably where I would land too, yes, but I understand why he pivoted after moving up to the number three pick. And this is something I've kind of been saying really since this whole thing happened. I think the game, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's this, there's this kind of thought, you know, that like, oh, Joe Cronin lied to Dame and this was like a secret plot that he had because he wanted him to ask for a trade. He wanted to push him out like as the, like, yeah, I'm sure ownership would love to trade Dame, the guy that sold tickets. Like that that does that's never made sense to me, that theory that there has kind of been out there from some of the more uh vocal online portions of the fan base. What I I mean, what I've kind of been saying the whole time is everything changed when they moved up to three. Cause like if they had stayed at five in the lottery or moved down even to six or seven and you're talking about trading like Jarris Walker or Anthony Black or one of these other guys that was available at one of those picks, like, you can talk yourself into that. Like, you can say, okay, this guy might end up being good, but if we can get, like, Pascal Siakam or whatever, then that's, you know, that, that that's still a good trade-off. Once the pick moves up to three, especially when Charlotte takes Brandon Miller at two, and the pick is Scoot, it's like, no, you can't trade this pick for, like, Brandon Ingram or something. Like, you can't. Well, I, yeah, that's the thing is like, I do get it. I absolutely do. I remember right. we did, me and Danny did a, a live draft lottery party and, you know, fans are all around. Everybody's getting, you know, liquored up and excited and, you know, happy. And, and they go to three. And I remember we were all like, holy crap, they moved up. And 
we had talked about like, oh, could you get a Jalen Brown? Could you get a, I don't know, insert, you know, a Zion or whatever it was in that moment. And then I remember texting with a mutual friend of ours who's a national NBA uh, scribe. Mm-hmm. And he's very familiar with Portland. And he basically was like, they're using this pick. And I was just like, <laughs> you don't think they'll trade it? And he was like, oh, no. Bert's still there. Bert's best buddy, Paul Allen, who loved the draft more than that guy. Like, of course, they're going to use this pick. It's in their DNA as an organization. And at that point, I had just, I like, I pivoted. I, I didn't have a lot of faith they would trade it. I lost all the faith they were going to trade the second first round pick. And they went and got Chris Murray. I think the thing about this, though, and, and this is maybe where we kind of split on the road, Sean. Uh-huh. I, 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 it's, it's logical. It makes sense. It's probably, I'm admitting, the right thing to do. But where we might diverge is, I know, again, what Dame is. I would have loved to have watched Brandon Ingram with Damian Lillard. Now, does that win you the title? I, dude, probably not. But you know what? Shaden and Scoot probably don't win you the championship either. They're two East Coast root dudes. Like, we don't know if they're going to be loyal the way Dame was. So we're both dealing in unknowns a bit. Yours is just more logical. I was one of those sick, sick, weird people that, like, I just such a fan of his game that I just wanted him for two, three seasons, even though he's aging. Get a shot with a real effing player. That's kind of just where my position was. And again, I'm acknowledging you're the right one here in almost every scenario. But I was a weird sicko that was like, I mean, Scoot's going to be good, I'm sure. But Brandon Ingram, 25, 26 points a game. And he's six, what, six, nine, six, eight, six, ten, whatever the hell he is. And Dame hasn't had a player like that. So I, I kind of was still on that side, even though logically them keeping the pick and drafting Scoot made sense. Yeah, I don't begrudge anybody feeling the other way. I can, this is definitely like an I can see both sides situation, but I also like, I can see why. And this isn't even necessarily where I land on this. Like I like I I I'm, I kind of go more the way you do of like you know when you have a guy as good as Dame, you do everything you can to win with him. But I also like I can understand why they looked at Scoot and were like, especially you know with the new CBA with how oh, yeah. restrictive it is. Like yeah, as far as like the top of the salary, where it's like if you if you trade for you know Pascal Siakam and then you have to max him in a year and you're paying Dame, Jeremy, and Siakam, and then you're basically, the rest of your roster is going to be like Phoenix's, where it's like all vet men guys. Like, I understand why they went the way that they went. I think the mistake that they went, that they made in this whole process, and I think if you, I haven't talked to Joe about this, but I think if, you know, you talk to Joe about it after all this has kind of, you know, blown over or whatever, I think he went a little too hard publicly about, you know, we're going to push all our chips in and build around. Like, I think not only because then that's going to get thrown back in his face when he doesn't, you know, deliver on that, but also I think it killed their leverage because the whole league now suddenly knows like, oh, he is desperate to get a player to put around Dame and, you know, get win now, guys. So we're going to ask for everything. And because we know that if he doesn't say yes to it, then he's going to lose Dame because Dame's not going to be happy. Yeah. No, I, I think you're, you're hitting the nail right on the head. I don't really have much to add because I think, I think you're summing it up very well. And look, that's, you know, if, I don't know how long he'll be the general manager, right? But like, I think those are learning. Those are learning moments. Those are points of a career where you go, ah, probably shouldn't have done that, right? Like, I think he was so, and I'm I'm speculating, guessing here again. I I'm kind of with you. I haven't talked to Joe in months. Um, I think he was so worried slash upset by the way the GP two thing went 
because that seemed like a player on paper that would make sense for them given, you know, where their weaknesses were. And then it just, I still, I subscribe to the dumbest conspiracy theory that Myers and Golden State said, go get the bag. We'll find a way to get you back. I know that's ridiculous, but like he didn't. <laughs> I don't think it. that's really a crazy conspiracy theory. But. Well, I mean, they didn't, yeah, they didn't have that cap space because they still had Wiseman and like, I don't know. He just didn't seem to ever want to be a blazer. And so like, I can't help but run with dumb theories, but I, I haven't, overall, I haven't ever written like a lot of the GP2 stuff, but I'll yeah. just say that, uh, after the trade deadline, um, a lot of players on the team, including Dame, posted like big, you know, farewell, my brother Josh Hart. You know, you're one of my favorite teammates. I'm going to miss you. Not one of them said a word about Gary Payton. Yeah. I just, that, that, I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence. That's, that's all I, that's all I really. You've been hey you and you and Gundy man the the third eye was open there and I think you were reading that correctly and I so loved I think, it man I yeah was, I was there every day I saw I saw it I just I think Sean he did that because you know he kind of had egg on his face man like hey the mid level guy just signed literally doesn't want to be here and I have to take second round picks to get rid of him and you know and like, by the way then once once I do that uh, the team that trades for him is going to try to act like our medical staff was acting. <laughs> Uh, you know, in bad faith when then, you know, then, 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 you know, two months later they dropped the complaint, like, but nobody covered that, but like, <laughs> wild. And by the way, who's, who's, uh, Gary Payton's agent and who was like a lot of the driving force behind, uh, that signing. Yeah. Yeah. It, a lot of it was his, well, is his dad's agent, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, and who well, and who else's agent is that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The letter O. I just um, thought it was, I just, I don't know. It's like, I do, I do think a lot of this is like learning experience stuff for Joe. I think, yeah. again, he has not, he has not, I, I think he's handled everything since the trade request exactly the way he should have handled it. I don't think he handled the last year well before that. I think the trade deadline press conference, some of the end of the season press conference, like the chips in the middle and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, the draft. I mean, the, I the, there was no other takeaway from the, the draft, draft night thing was a disaster. That was at, that was not the same level as Water Bottle Gate, um, but like it was all time. Like I'll never forget the tone, awkward, not li- like kind of lying, but like or misleading. However you want to phrase that, it was just a weird vibe that night. It was weird. I, I mean, I, I mean, I was there. I was in the building, and it was one of those. I think the way I wrote it was, you know. They had a, you know, on paper, objectively, they had a great draft because they got yeah. Scoot, who most people thought was the second best player in the draft besides Wemby. They got, um, you know, Chris Murray, who most people thought was a pretty good pick at 20. Like, they had a good draft if you look at, like, just who they drafted. But then that night, nobody was excited about it because everybody was just like, uh, they didn't trade the pick. Does this mean Dame's going to, you know, react a certain way to it? Like, yeah. uh so let's 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 move on here. So question number seven, and this is going to be an interesting one. I want to get your thoughts on this. Is Chauncey Billups the right head coach for the Blazers? Seven point three percent of respondents to the athletic survey said yes. Forty seven point seven percent said no. Forty five percent said undecided, too early to tell. Uh, yes and no, people. Please step up. Show your work. <laughs> there's no other answer here but undecided like you can point to maybe some rotational things or i don't know clock sure. timeout strategies review I, whatever they're not com- it's not a complete answer and that i think that's the why that's one of the more wild things storyline wise of the team right it's the future of the dame trade 
who's gonna how is the rotation with Scoot Ant, Shaden working, all that stuff. This is just sitting there, and I feel like largely being untalked about today. It's gonna be year three, and not a soul can tell me with the most confidence whether this guy can coach or not coach. Can he be liked by the players? I mean, duh, he's an NBA yeah. champion point guard. Guys that's, like him. That's that's the one thing that's like yeah. for sure that you can say definitively is that guys like him. Cool. That, that does nothing for actually winning basketball game. Right. Uh, so like, I I just he's been put in two straight tank jobs, and the complaining about whatever he's doing wrong to people is, oh, so you're mad when they're purposely losing games and he's not playing a certain guy five more minutes a night or. The other way, when you say yes, it's like you're convinced because he's a good coach because the players like him and he started 10 and four. Like you neither of neither of those sides have anything to point to with concrete evidence. Show your work. This is an easy answer. This is an undecided, which is terrifying to say going into the third year of a five year contract. They need to have an answer one way or the other at the end of this year. Because I totally like I totally get it when you look at each of these two first two seasons in a vacuum. The first year, they hire him, which that was a whole thing, obviously. And then like right at the beginning of the season, the GM that hired him gets fired and the new guy takes over, and then Dame gets shut down, and then they tear it down and trade everybody at the deadline. Fine, throw that year out. You can't really judge him on that. And then year two he yet at the beginning of the year on paper has a better team and they start off the year hot. And then, you know, guys start getting hurt. Things kind of fall apart. And then after the deadline, they trade everybody again and, you know, shut everybody down and tank. And, you know, you can say, well, you can't really draw too much from that. Like to me at a certain point, like I'm sympathetic to all of that, but like this is the NBA, like nobody's circumstances are ever going to be perfect. And I feel like whatever the case is this year, whether like, Let's say like the the unlikely scenario happens where like Dame is still on the team and he's still playing and they're good and like you know him and Scoot work together and like they somehow make the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen, but like let's say that happens, then suddenly oh Chauncey actually is a good coach and he put it together in year three or you know go the other way and you know let's say they do trade Dame and it's a totally you know rebuilding year from jump. Mm-hmm. Is our guys getting better? Our guys you know playing a certain way that he wants like. We can't we can't be sitting here a year from now saying we still don't know if this guy's a good coach. At, at that at that point, if we're if we're three years in and saying like like the first two years, like fine, you know, we explain the circumstances, whatever. I get all that. If we're still three years, if 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 we've had three full seasons with him and we're still sitting here talking about, uh, you know, we just don't know if he's a good coach because the circumstances have been haven't been great. Like that's kind of answers the question for you. I think the hard thing for me too with him is like, even if you lean one way or the other, like leaning is fine. If you think he's not going to be an amazing coach. Okay. All right. But like, it's, it's being so confident in a yes or no for me that I just, I kind of naturally push back. Uh I think the tough thing is it's such, it's such a roster dependent position. You know, like we, we saw, what Spolstra and Kerr and you know them did as coaches, right? It's it's it stuck out. We have concrete evidence of certain guys. Whereas like there are still guys going around the league that like I don't know if people would say, yeah, great coach, okay coach, overrated coach. And that is what lends itself to roster. And I, I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. They have to have an answer on this. Like 
if you tank again, which they clearly are to me, and they're trying to covet these assets, going into year four, I just and still trying to sell us if he is versus like some arguing he isn't or being undecided. I that's not a spot you want to be in, man, because you're gonna have to make a decision on his future relatively soon. And how do you do that if you don't have a concrete answer one way or the other? So question number eight. This is also one that I'm interested to get your thoughts on, and I think I kind of know which way you're going to go on this. Uh, what is your interest level in the 2023-24 season? And in the athletic survey, 52.9% said excited about the young players. 30% said not high, bracing for another tank job. 12.6% said cautiously optimistic. And then small slivers of it said only interested if Lillard returns or no longer hmm. interested. Which one do you think I voted for? Excited about the young players. I am excited about the young players. I voted not interested. Another tank job's coming. I, and let me balance this, okay? Because I know this is kind of hypocritical in some ways. Um, you know, I do a pod with Danny and we're all kind of chatting and you and Danny see each other all the time. And you and I will text once in a while. Like we're all kind of in this circle together and mm -hmm. I will watch mainly because, well, it's a job for me. And then also like, I, I just love basketball, but I, I tried to answer this from a fan perspective. And if I took my media hat off and I love football, like I love college football. I love the NFL. We talk about that on sports radio. It's King until after Christmas. I, I've got to be honest with you, man. Like, this is the organization doing again what it, you know, they, they don't want to do this. And then here they are doing it again. Uh, they, they wasted a window. And as good as Scoot could be and as promising as maybe Shaden shows, uh, I think a lot of it, by the way, hinges on him. He, he's got to take a step this year and make people really like feel that he's going to be this quote unquote baby Kobe thing. I get why I don't think a lot of people are actually going to watch most of these games. And I will be fascinated by the attendance of this team. I don't think it's going to be very good. I, 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 and I don't think that means people are out on Scoot or Shaden. I just think it's like it's an organization that's now milking you for more money. Their ticket prices are going up and concessions are super expensive. And what am I paying for? To watch us get waxed by 20 and maybe Scoot plays or maybe he doesn't or what's Dame doing or and is Ant the starting point guard and scoots off the bench. Like that's just such a weird thing too. It's not, if we were to remove ourselves, Sean, it's not interesting. In fact, it's actually a slap in the face to the fan base of like, Hey, sign back up for our tank job, 2023, 2024, where we deny we're tanking, but all the evidence will suggest that we covet a <laughs> top five pick next year. So I am excited for the young guys. I am. And I will watch, but I like try to vote without the media hat on. And I, it's a tank job. It's clearly a tank job. Right. I mean, I think if I were looking at it just purely from a fan perspective, I'd probably land the same way. I'm pretty, as a reporter, as a beat writer, I'm pretty excited for the season no matter what happens. Just A, sure. because I'm just, I've been bored this sure. summer without, you know, a team to cover, but also just, you know, I'm excited to, like, because, you know, a lot of this is like, for me, it's the, it's not so much like, how's the team doing? It's a lot more of like the reporting stuff and like the stories I want to do. And I'm just like, I'm excited to get to know Scoot. I'm excited to see what Shaden does, you know, in year two, like you said, uh, you know, I'm, I like, I'm already like thinking about like story ideas I've got. So from, I, I it's so, I've been doing this professionally for so long that it's like, it's hard yeah. for me to separate. Like I'm always excited for the season to start. So I, it's hard for me to really 
give an honest answer on that one. I think I know how this next one is going to go. Can uh, I can I add real quick, Sean? Because like I I know I'm on your podcast and like we text and you know I consider you a friend in the industry. Sure. Yeah. Objectively though, like just telling you as a consumer of your content and fan of the team, I I am I think you are going to be able to get me through a lot of like oh, they've lost eight of their last 12 game stretches that are just terrible. And you know, like, oh, the next five, they're probably going to lose two. I think your story ideas are going to help drive and save the season for a lot of people. So to what you just said, I I'm super excited to see some of those ideas, to see what you're kind of learning about these young players because I'm not at practice. I'm not at games. I can't go to games with my job. I you are kind of my tunnel into – how I feel like I can identify the organization at this point. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I appreciate that. Uh, moving on to question number nine, and I, you know, I think I know how this one's going to go. Uh, which player are you the most excited to watch next season? And the only two that I think are really worth, like, you know, the the only two that have an actual number next to the percentage on this thing uh, were sixty-eight point one percent for Scoot Henderson. 24.6% for Shade and Sharp, and then there's like five or six other guys that they name in the poll that got small enough numbers of votes for it to like not register. But it's really those two. So this is where my buddy Jason Quick, I would say if he saw this, I would say this is the area I think you, you came up short. And let me let me just say, you should have, for content purposes, Jaime Hawkes should be on this list. <laughs> He is. <laughs> okay. I, I, I know you can't really do it. He's doing active roster stuff. I just would have had fun with one of these and just thrown right. a curve on, made everybody. Hey, Nikola Jovic is going off in FIBA. Yes, he is. He's making Miami fans say, we don't need actually need to trade this guy for Dave, but Blazer fans getting mad about it. Uh, I, this is easy for me, too. I, I voted Shaden. It's Shaden by a mile. Um, you went Shaden and not Scoot. Yeah, because like I feel like I know what I'm going to get from Scoot. I'm going to get some real highs. I'm going to get some real confidence. And then I'm going to have some lulls. I'm going to question some things. I'm going to be worried about shooting in the future of that. But man, this is a big year for Shaden. Like, Shaden Sharp is maybe one of the two pieces you are looking at building around. Like, this is a franchise cornerstone piece. We just th went through a run for a decade where we had one all NBA guy, an all star and a non-All-NBA guy and a non-All-Star, and they just kept saying, that this is good enough to win. I want to see the second guy, and I don't even know how the rotation is going to work with Ant here still, is what's the step Shaden going to take? Like, I'm thing we're going to do probably on, on Jack Ramsey's is, what are the numbers that you need to see from Shaden that make you go, oh, I feel great about where this is going? I think those numbers might be a little higher than most people think, I want to see it because there's there's things there and flashes that I love. And then there's moments where I'm kind of like, yo, where's that dog? Like, where is he? He's passive. And also, he's a Toronto-based guy. And I know it's dumb to think about this already, but the most underrated ability by Dame was his loyalty, right? Like, he's an amazing basketball player. He loved being here. That kid's from Toronto, and there's not a real feel of who knows Shaden Sharp outside of somebody in the organization. I, I don't know. I don't know if he has that relationship with anybody locally here. So I'm working on it. I'm going to try I, to work I, on it. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited to watch him. But so for me, it, it's for him for those reasons. He's kind of the guy they want to build with. 
you want to see a step, not just a young player continuing to do the same things he's already done. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I think I think I'm more sure about Scoot being what people think Scoot's going to be than I am about Shaden. And I think if Shaden were to take the step that a lot of people think he's going to take, then that's going to change some things about the way that this you know the the next four or five years go question number 10 this is a very this this is one of the ones where i like i looked at the at the question and i was like yeah i know exactly how this was gonna go should jody allen sell the blazers 88 percent yes 12 percent no come on bro Hey, tell me who the twelve percent are. They've got to be everybody in the Vulcan group, right? Like, there's no. You think Jody up. and Bert were like voting on this, or? <laughs> yeah, they had burner phones. They hit up Eric Lewis and say, "Eric, what's your password? We need to go vote on this Twitter." I don't. Poll. E- I mean, you don't even need a burner. Like, if they're athletic subscribers, like they. You're right. You're right. I come on. Twelve percent of Portland fan really wants Jody to stay owner of the team. It's ridiculous. It's, I mean, I, th- a- I do think that there's an argument to be made that uh, a new owner isn't always like this cure-all that people think it's going to be but i mean i think the league would like for there to be new ownership i think that uh look I, i've never i've never bought the idea that like oh a new owner comes in is going to move them to seattle or what like i've never thought that that was a real thing i will say this i do think that you know as much as yes i think it would be better for the organization if there was a more permanent owner who you know wasn't like a trustee or whatever you know the, the vulcan setup is I do think a lot of the, and I've written this several times, I do think a lot of the, you know, fan base saying, oh, this is all just because Jody won't sell the team. There's not really a lot to point to about her being a bad owner. Like, I, I would not say she's the worst owner in the NBA. Um, I'm not convinced she's really the owner, but uh, that being said, like... You think it's more Burt doing stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, there's something to that. But. Bert, Bert loves basketball, right? Like, Bert was here with Paul, and he's got all this experience. She's not necessarily a big sports fan. Uh, I've talked to a dude in Seattle, and he he he's he says it with the utmost confidence. She actually likes and loves football, and, like, basketball is just the secondary thing. So, like, the Seahawks— Which is, like, the and, opposite of, of her brother. Right, yes, yes. It's the complete opposite is what I've, what I've heard. Now, I, I don't—is that— uh, that scripture i don't i don't know but i can't speak to it i don't know jody at all i've never met her nobody so does really that's speak the thing that. sean i i heard her say one word the entire time she's on the team and it was yeah to after Shane they drafted, drafted yeah yeah right. like I, I don't know you could point to other owners who don't talk and we don't know them very well and, and i've I, I guess said that she should talk i have i have made it known to people high up in the organization that if jody ever wanted to do a real interview i'll drive up to seattle anytime to meet up with her and i haven't really gotten very far with that but i do think that she would do herself some favors by i mean she doesn't have to be out there all the time i said this last week on the pod with eric like there are some owners like mark cuban who are just out there so much and doing so much tv and so many interviews that like they'll say stuff and it'll come back to them and it's just like it's actually like detrimental to the organization you don't need to do that but you can't do no interview i mean she can do no interviews because she can do whatever she wants there's no rules about the owner being required to talk but like if you want to change the perception of you there are ways to do that well yeah i mean there definitely is uh sorry my camera just cut off for some reason but um there's definitely ways to do it but you know it's fair or not like your record is kind of what you are right so like they've been pretty awful the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I just, I don't know, man. I, I've heard conflicting things. I'm not saying it's it's right or anything, but like the power structure within the organization and like who outranks who and who's viewing what is what. Like, I think those are interesting. I would acknowledge it's great that she's advanced the international scouting department for Joe. That's a good thing. She's taking on a negative financial thing with this G League remix thing. That's great. But it, it doesn't lend itself a lot of confidence when you never see her. She doesn't talk publicly. There's reports she doesn't really understand or care about basketball much. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I tend to believe if, if it's Phil Knight and a guy running the Dodgers who are the second best team in the National League, I, I would put my money on those people who love sports and um, – I'd rather have that situation, whether it cures all and gets you a title. I, I wouldn't gamble on that, but at least I know it's a guy that has built a football program locally and runs the biggest, you know, sports apparel company in the history of the world that loves sports kind of running it and a local guy too. So there's like uh, three, four good things that I think would be great there. Yeah. I thought I, I, I certainly understand where all that's coming from. Again, I, I, like I said, I don't know Jody Allen at all, so I can't really speak to what she does or doesn't, you know, how her level of involvement. I can only go off of people who work in the organization who have told me positive things about her, which conflict with some of the stuff that's out there publicly. But again, I don't know her. I've never met her, so I can't really, you know, speak to it myself. But right. I'm not at all surprised that the fan voting went out the way that it went out. So question number 11. There's two more. We'll get through these quick. Uh Okay. Question number 11. How do you feel about Jeremy Grant's five-year, $160 million contract? So 17.2% said, good move, he showed he was worth it. 44.2% said, overpay, nice player, but not a difference maker. 31.6% said, confused, how does it fit in the long-term vision? 7% said, bad move, not worth it. I mean, to me, those, those last three options are kind of like different ways of phrasing the same thing. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm really getting frustrated. I'm trying to get the camera going. I don't know what's happened. But um, yeah, this one was interesting. So like, I understand why you sign him. He's excited to be here. Uh, it's the biggest bag he could have had. But we have two contract extensions now, just evidence with general manager related things. We have two contracts now that like you were bidding against nobody. You bid against yourself and you out you outspent yourself like Nobody was giving Jeremy Grant that money. And I think Jeremy Grant's a good player, but I think he's a good player with the right pieces. And so like, it's like, and a in, bo in both cases, they were doing a favor to clutch. It was the same agency. And what's that? Like, yeah, I keep hearing that. What's that gotten them? Like it's just it, do a favor to clutch. Okay, cool. When's clutch going to come back and give us a favor? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's kind of where I that's sit done on that better. And, that's done them better than some other agencies. They've done favors for no that no we no talked doubt. about in the past <laughs> yeah I, i'm not saying to alienate clutch but like four years fully guaranteed for sure. yusuf nurkic at a number nobody else was going to give him right. for that no, amount I, of time yeah no, i'm with you on that and and jeremy's a really good player so i don't want this to be misconstrued very good player but when you're talking winning and losing in the nba i mean jeremy was the number one in detroit they were one of the worst teams in the league i think jeremy's a very good role player with the right guys around him well he had this that in denver that was kind of the role he was in the aaron gordon spot when he was in denver that one year and or like he was uh, he was like a good role player on a couple of those oklahoma city teams yeah. before that exactly and i think that's kind of his optimal point uh and so like this team's not going to be good whether he puts up good numbers or mediocre numbers it's not going to change what right. they are so 
you know, I get it, but like also it feels like we're really bidding against ourselves with some of these contract sure. extensions. I don't expect him to be here for the length of that contract, though. So I wasn't as down on the deal as other people were. I think A, so there's three there's three things here. A, you gotta give that money to somebody. Like you got like you have to just get to the salary floor. And if you're gonna go young and you know, you're gonna be building around you know, assuming, you know, Dame is traded at some point, like you you're going to have mostly guys on rookie scale contracts. You got to give that money to somebody. And you also, if you're going super young and, you know, building around like Scoot and Shaden you know, and Chris Murray and whoever, you can't have zero vets on the team. And Jeremy right. is a guy that people like and, you know, likes being here. And like, you know, like I, I, I get it from that standpoint. And I also think that with the cap going up, like I think people saw that number on the page and just like their eyes like bugged out of their heads. Yeah. Because I think people still haven't, fully adjusted to i actually think people have still not fully adjusted to the 2016 tv money increase let alone the one that's going to come along in 25 and like i think that number that like his contract in a couple of years is going to look pretty reasonable so i wasn't like i'm with you on like i don't think it's really gonna move the needle about like oh well they paid jeremy grant this much money they're going to be a title contender now and i would also probably tend to agree with you that he's probably going to get traded at some point but i don't think it's like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that in the same I wouldn't put this contract in the same category as like some of those 2016 ones. Yeah, you know what's funny, Sean is like I'm with you on the 2016 thoughts. Uh, we're not looking at necessarily percentages of cap. We're looking right. at just numbers and being blown away. Right. I don't know why. I just I've always had this sticking point in my brain that the Joe Johnson contract still sticks with people. The so one firmly. from the Hawks, the the 2010 <laughs> one. Like the hundred or hundred and twenty million, like yeah. I still think people view these some of these numbers in that light, and it's like, whoa, what? And it's like when you break the percentage of the cap down, it's like, well, it's only X percentage now of the cap, and that just for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be the point. It's more like just seeing the number and be like, what the hell? You paid this much for that guy, and so like I use that Joe Johnson point as a pivot point in NBA contracts for people in the way that they view them. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that as well. Like people see the number on the page and it's 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 taken people a lot of time. Like I think people are smarter about this stuff now than they used to be because I think like the discussion of it has gotten a lot more mainstream. It used to be like a super arcane thing that only like sickos cared about, but now like it gets <laughs> talked about more on like mainstream media outlets, all the salary cap stuff. And so I think people have a better understanding of it. I don't think the Jeremy contract is like good value, but I don't think it's like, one of the worst contracts in the no. league and like this detrimental thing that's going to like, that's, that's, that's kind of where I land on it. Now yeah. question number 12, this is the last one. And I think this is another one where as soon as I saw the question, I knew how it was going to break out. And some of the stuff we talked about, who do you see as the biggest reason for the recent lack of success? 42.8% said ownership, 32.5% said general manager, uh, 14.7% said underperforming players and 10% said coach. Uh, I kind of think there's a mixed answer there, but I leaned general manager. Now, like, I think the hard thing, again, is not knowing the background of some of this stuff. So if he's going public with, I'm going to build and put all in for Dame, what's, is the ownership group just parroting that or sharing that same feeling? Are they behind the scenes going, ah, I don't know about this. He, he's gonna be 33 in four years. And well, I've been all pushed back there. I don't think ownership yeah. wants to lose Dame. I don't think ownership wants to, you know, the guy that's been like their most reliable ticket seller and Jersey seller for the last 10 years. I don't think ownership is sitting there going, Oh yeah, it'd be great if we traded him sure. for, you know, not a great return. 
Right, right. But like once you get that third pick, I, right. I think we would know a, a Burt Cole would go, oh, hello. Like, I can't wait to get right. a prospect. No, I can, I can see that. I think, and again, when you're going to say general manager, which general manager are you talking about here? <laughs> like, not to not to beat a dead horse here, but the guy that was there for 10 years versus the guy that's been yeah. there for like a year and a half. Right. And, and the guy that's been there for a year and a half has spent most of that time untangling a lot of stuff from, like, so, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a nuanced thing. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, I... We talked about the, the, the we talked about the Chauncey thing earlier. I don't think like oh you know if they had a, de- a better coach they would have been a title contender. But I also don't think you can point to it and say oh yeah no they're definitely the coach is definitely a plus. Like it's it's kind of for me it's kind of all of the above. Yeah, it, I mean it, organizationally it's a, yeah it's a top down failure. But let me let me ask you this. Okay. What if he would have done owner Olshay Cronin coach? Under underperforming players, who wins that? Oh God, I think Neil wins. That. I think Neil gets like eighty percent of the vote in that scenario. Okay, just so because think- for, for a lot of the same reason, like the ownership stuff is low hanging fruit for yeah. fans to say, "Oh, it's this guy's fault." I think I think Neil would have. I think Neil would have gotten like eighty percent of the vote if that was the case. You know, I almost wonder if he should have done either people or moments for answers, like twenty seventeen oh. draft, uh, twenty sixteen yeah. free agency. 2016 free agency, uh, 2021 roster idea that we need to run back the team that lost in six to a depleted Nuggets team. Uh, not trading the way that the coaching in. hire was handled and the search. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I think there's a lot of things you could have put as options there, and, and maybe you go seven or eight deep. I wouldn't have cared. Give me good options, and I would have been interested to see where people voted because you're so limited in these. I. I don't know. I, I, it's a combo, I think, to your point. But like, I think I ended up choosing GM. Just it's roster building and sure. you know tear down and rebuild, but not quite the rebuild we thought. I think it's kind of all of the above. Uh, Brandon, wh- wh- how do you think this lands? Just pure guess. Like, do you think it happens before the season, the Dame trade, or do you think it goes into the season? Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't fault him for pulling a Mori um, and just saying, you know what, when you're desperate. Come call us again. Maybe that's what he does here. I also kind of subscribe personally to the, I, I just thank you, but I, I don't want this. You know, I don't want media day with you. And I don't, it doesn't make any roster sense with you and Scoop, Shade, and like that. What's that log jam? And how, how beneficial or even slightly, because it's his first year, detrimental is that to, to Scoop stuff? Like, I'm not saying it's going to cost him the career or anything. I'm just, I don't like it. I don't like having this circus with the show. You know what I mean? Like there's already a show here. I don't need the side circus here. I'm not saying go take the crappy Miami deal. I think Miami will eventually get their heads out of their, you know, what's Jimmy Butler will say, yo, I'm tapping my wrist, make this happen, get this done. (laughs) And I think they're probably a difference of what a a Nikola Jovic and a second round pick difference here, because I I don't think they want heroes. So what team will step up and give a draft draft asset for heroes so they can sling that to Portland. I don't think they're as far away as people make it seem if they were, I think other teams would have stepped in here by now. Uh, but personally, I'd like to see it end before media day. I, I just, I want nothing to do with the circus. It's already a clown show right now. So get past this and just start fresh, start anew, come out. Don't do the letter O in the intro, do ant, do scoot, do whoever, and let the new guys just kind of start. I, 
personally would like to see it end before media day just so that it doesn't drag into the season. I don't think it's going to. I think it is going to go into the season unless something changes. Yeesh. But I don't know. We'll see how yeah. it lands. Brandon, as a, people people know where to find you probably. If they, if they listen to me, they probably listen to you also. But <laughs> uh, 6 to 9 a.m. on weekdays on 1080 The Fan, Dirt and Spray, Jack Ramsey's podcast with Danny who's been on the show many times. Uh, Anything else you want to tell people about? Uh, No, man. Just uh, be good to each other. Don't take Twitter too seriously. (laughs) Subscribe to the Rose Garden Report, and thank you for inviting me on, my man. It's always fun to talk hoops with you. I know it was more Blazer-related today for obvious reasons, but I always enjoy talking hoops in general with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks, man.